T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the NBA Playoff Preview with Adrian Hernandez, only on 1140 The Bet. Well, I'll be damned. I guess I'm back, and they didn't take the keys to the studio away from me, which means we're going to be here at least for the next hour. And as you can see, we brought like help. That was the fancy voice, dude. We appreciate him. You're tuned in to the NBA Playoff Preview Show here exclusively on 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. And come on, the play-in tournament games are done. The eight seeds have been determined. And what a time to be alive because we have so, so many games to get to this weekend and for the next two months. And as we kick off the show, on a very serious note, I need to thank you to everyone who took a chance listening to us on the radio last week. And of course, digitally, wherever you get your podcast, including that Odyssey app, which is free and you should get in your app store on your phone. I'm just saying, seems like a smart idea. Uh, I can't believe I get to say this, but we had multiple countries, multiple countries tuned into the podcast, trying to get informed for the NBA playoffs. I'm talking about like the Netherlands, Italy. Yo, in Italy, they make really good pizza. And hell, Canada was popping up a lot, plus a whole bunch of different states and cities throughout the country. Uh, It was super surreal. I said that last week was my first time doing something solo and for the love of the game, you got to shoot your shot. And sometimes you just got to press record and go. So one more time, sincerely, thank you. And let it be a reminder that if you're second guessing doing anything in your life or you're worried about how it might turn out, you got to take that jumper dog. And chances are it ain't going to be as ugly as Mason Plumley's shot. I promise you that. And with that, thank you and your support. I'm also happy to say as we kick off the show I will be bringing you a preview of the week's pivotal games throughout the entire NBA playoffs and the NBA finals. So buckle up and let's have some fun. And I should say, I should preference as we get into these first round matchups. We are recording this currently as the third quarter kicks off between the Cavaliers and the Cavs, of course, for that A spot in the Eastern Conference. And by the time you listen to this, you already know who is going to win between the Pelicans and Clippers. But I just fair warning, because if you aren't a listener of the playmakers here on 1140, the bet Las Vegas Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Alongside the one and only Lindsey Brown and me, you should know that I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So and I'm a huge Cavs fan. It's probably my my favorite professional sports team. So if I freak out, if I start screaming as the game's going on, 
I apologize. And uh, be sure to keep in touch as I make my previews and predictions. Uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of the predictions wrong. And you can laugh at me and disagree with me on Twitter. Be sure to follow me at Adrian Radio 93. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Matt Brooks, who covers the Brooklyn Nets for Nets Daily. He's also the host of the Clear Out Podcast. I'm sure I can come up with a few questions to ask him about the Nets. Of course, that Celtics Net series is going to be insane. And we'll also be joined by Howard Beck. Yes, the one and only one of the best in the country from Sports Illustrated and also the host of that crossover podcast. He'll be joining us later on, too. But let's kick off the show. And since we are here in Las Vegas, let's start with the Western Conference and giving you a preview and a prediction. And we're going to start with the first game of the playoffs. It'll kick off all the festivities here in a few Hours. That is the Utah Jazz coming in as the fifth seed heading into Dallas, Texas to take on the Mavericks. Now, of course, the biggest key of this series is the MVP contender, the one and only Luka Doncic and his status. It's already been announced he's missing game one from those Twitter doctors to actual legitimate doctors. A calf strain usually has you out. 16 days, which will put Luka coming back in between game three and four, which, you know, how are they going to handle that? They're just going to throw him into the fire or are they going to be casual? You're going, you know, minutes restriction. I do want to remind people, uh, this is the same injury that Kevin Durant got in the 2019 run for the Warriors where he came back in the finals against Toronto and then tore his Achilles. So I say that. To hopefully, you know, Dallas kind of plays this whole situation cautiously, which is super unfortunate for them because this is something that Dallas has earned this year. Like since January 1st, soon as the calendar turned to 2022, Dallas started playing some crazy defense. Luca, of course, got some help with Spencer Dimwitty, and they finally got that home court advantage. But on the flip side, This is the type of thing, this is the type of luck that Utah desperately needs. You know, after all the fourth quarter blown leads, the why isn't Rudy getting the ball and being passed at by Donovan Mitchell, and do Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert even like each other, and Quinn Snyder having weird-ass press conference monologues for 19 minutes trying to defend the team. Like I said, Utah needed it, and to me, it may sound cliche, What's going to determine this series is who wins game one. Because let's be honest with ourselves, Utah has a lot of pressure to finally get playoff success. And with Luka not being in this series, if they lose one or two of these games in Dallas without Luka playing, that is going to increase and multiply by 5,000. And if they do lose one of those first two games, I am telling you, They are cooked. You can book the plane ticket to Los Angeles, Quinn Snyder, for your interview to be the next Lakers head coach. Rudy Gobert, you're going to get your ass into free agency and probably head to Golden State. And on the flip side for Dallas, Spencer Dinwiddie has been one of the best pickups from the trade deadline. He's been balling. He looks like the, the star and the great player that he was with the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, that switches. When you have an MVP-type player on your team, you're going to get better opportunities, and now you you become, I should say, the primary offensive contributor. I do think, though, 
And obviously, Dallas is going to go small. Any team against Utah in the playoffs is going to go small to kind of game plan Rudy out of the lineup. But with Spencer Dinwiddie, with Jalen Brunson, you know, you're probably going to go super, super small. Dorian Finney-Smith might be playing the five. Reggie Bullock, they're still going to have that great, great defense. They still can shoot the ball tremendously. And the important part for Dallas is if they keep it close, we know what Utah has a tendency to do. On in the fourth quarter. Make it short and simple for Utah. This will be the opportunity for Rudy Gobert to shut everybody up. Because I just said that Dallas is going to go super, super small. And it is Rudy's main objective to use his size, take that advantage, and punish Dallas for going small, improve he's worthy of the big money that he wants coming up in this offense, and just be on the court. Because you're going to need to score to be able to be on that court. He's going to get his touches. He'll have a chance to stay and contribute. But this final prediction is such an asterisk because Luka is looming over all of this. And we don't even know what Utah were going to get. Utah was great. And then they were bad. And then they were good. And then they ended the season terribly and all this drama. There's so much of this that's just up in the air. But I'm going with Jazz in five because they better win. If you do not win with Luka being out, it's going it blow it up. Okay, just just blow it up. And from Utah and Dallas, uh, let's transition into Minnesota versus Memphis. It is weird to me. I, I still kind of I don't necessarily understand why Minnesota's in this game. I thought they won the NBA championship against the Clippers on Wednesday night. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I hope everyone listening to this enjoys what might end up being the most entertaining series. This is a showcase of two great coaches, Chris Finch, who just got a contract extension, Taylor Jenkins, who might win coach of the year. And of course, the future of the league, John Morant, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards in the first round going at each other. These teams this season have had great games. It's gotten a little spicy. If you like scoring, you got it. Minnesota led the league in the NBA this season in scoring at 115.9 points per game. On the flip side for Memphis, they were number two in scoring in the league at 15.6. Point three of a difference between these teams. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns, John Morant, D'Angelo Russell, Jaron Jackson Jr., Anthony Edwards, Jarrett Culliver. Each team has three players on their squad that was drafted no lower than sixth in the series. That's remarkable. I don't have enough time to get into the disappointment I have for Carl Anthony Towns putting his best James Harden impression in that playing game, and it kind of reminded me of his performance in 2018 against Houston. So I will say this. Both of these teams are fierce, they're competitive, and of course, they're in your face about it. But to me, one of these teams has shown their ass at times, and has kind of gotten full of themselves with Minnesota, and they got excited, and then they ended the season and had to play Dallas and Boston and some of these contenders and Phoenix, and they didn't do too well. On the other side, Memphis has been just as hungry, but they've been on a mission to prove people wrong. And now Dylan Brooks is back into this rotation and getting acclimated. And his defense, he can guard Ant Edwards. Who's going to guard John Moran for Minnesota? And I just brought up his name, Carl Anthony Towns. Is he going to get his ass out of his head? Is he going to be able to stretch the floor and pull Steven Adams to the perimeter and minimize the advantage Memphis is going to have with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams? 
because he hasn't. And everyone keeps, this is a learning experience. The plan was a learning experience. He'll control himself. Yo, dude, you've been in the league for seven years. You're 27 years old. At what point are we going to be like, oh, he's got another chance. He's got another chance. He's got another chance. On the flip side for Memphis, I'm excited because this is a chance for them to grow and make adjustments, and especially Ja, because the way Minnesota plays defense is if they're going to do switching, if they're going to get into the pick and roll, they're going to blitz. And Ja hasn't necessarily been that good when teams blitz him. So this is a time to make adjustments. You know, Memphis is the second youngest team in the league. They have the second best record in the league. Not a lot of people have seen Memphis. I know near the end of the season, some of these games on ESPN and TNT got switched to Memphis and rightfully so. But I just need to let people know this isn't a fluke. They didn't get here by luck. And I know we've all been entertained by the John Morant highlights, but I think this team is for real. And as entertaining as the series is going to be, I still got the Grizzlies in five. And um, we, we talked about how we're recording this right now, and it is a super close game between Atlanta and Cleveland. And that means that the Pelicans and Clippers are going to play later on. You already know who won that. At first, writing these notes had the Clippers, of course, Paul George, Luke Kennard's not playing. So I'm going to assume the Pelicans, uh, regardless, it's Suns and Four. Regardless of whether it's Suns and Clippers or Suns and Pelicans, it's Suns and Four. We saw the Clippers take on the Suns in the playoffs last year. Super and surprisingly competitive. Reggie Jackson really balled out. But for me, the Pelicans should win. And it'll be interesting to see how the Suns are going to handle Brandon Ingram defensively in some of those weird matchups. You know, maybe CJ pops up and has a few moments. Maybe Zion appears. Probably not. Regardless, Suns in four. And that leaves us with the Warriors versus the Nuggets. It'll be the last game tonight, primetime, ABC slot. Warriors this season, third seed, 53 and 29. Nuggets on the flip side, 48 and 34 in the sixth seed. Warriors this year, best defensive team in the league in terms of defensive rating. Kind of surprising because Draymond has been out a chunk of the season on the flip side. The Nuggets have the sixth ranked offense. Quick notes Frank Compazzo is suspended for game one for his dirty shove against the Lakers, and Steph Curry is probable for game one. So he'll most likely be playing. And the matchup I'm really intrigued to see is Jokic the Wizard versus Draymond Green. Uh, I do think we're not going to see that at the start of games. I think Steve Kerr is going to save Draymond's back, kind of go with the flow and things get tight in the fourth quarter. That's when we'll see Jokic versus the Wizard. Uh, luckily for the Warriors, though, the thing that is, is going to help immensely is Jordan Poole, who has really proven himself and has really improved and become a bucket. And he's been playing incredible, which is going to help when Steph gets back into this rotation. It's going to take some stress away from him from not only the ball handling, but it's going to let Steph do one of the things he does the best, which is run around the court and get open to shoot. And on the flip side, something that concerns me, for the Nuggets is the use of Jokic and whether or not he's going to be gassed and show fatigue because he's going to have to play a lot. And when you look at the Nuggets, when Jokic is on the court per 100 possessions, they score eight more points than opponents. On the flip side, when he's off per 100 possessions, the Nuggets get outscored by eight points. Think about that for a second. That's a 16-point swing in between one dude being on the court, and you're going to have to ask this dude 
to play 40-plus minutes. You're going to need a big game, or actually big games from Aaron Gordon, some 25, 30-point games. Will Barton, Monte Morris, they need to play huge. If I'm the Warriors, I let Jokic get whatever he wants, focus on everyone else, like make Austin Rivers and company beat you. The Warriors' depth, even with the question marks, with Clay and Steph and Draymond and how they're going to come back, and a lot of people assuming that everything's going to be cool, like that might not necessarily be smooth, but Jokic, I think, can win a couple games for Denver, but ultimately, I got the Warriors in six. And I also got my guy, Matt Brooks, reporter for Nets Daily, covers the Brooklyn Nets, and yeah, we might have a few questions about that Nets-Celtics series. Uh, we're going to check in and get an inside scoop from him next. It is your NBA playoff preview here on 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. And here we go. Welcome back to the NBA playoff preview show here on 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. On the line is a man who covers the team that forced my Cavs to have to play tonight. Um, Yes, it is Matt Brooks who joins us on behalf of Nets Daily, where you can catch his work. And he's also the host of the Clear Out podcast. Matt, first and foremost, how are you? And uh, where is your anticipation level for this crazy series that you'll get to cover? I'm good. I'm, I mean, a lot of my uh, good mood stems from the series that we're about to watch. I mean, this is this is it. Like, I don't know if you can draw up a better first-round series. Maybe Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Uh, but this this is way, way up there. Um, these teams have played each other well all year. And uh, I, I just, I'm ready for this, man. No, and honestly, it has the spiciness. It just, it has everything you could want um, in a first-round series. But I do... Before we get into this um, into this series, I just want to know, like, in general with this team and everything that comes with KD and Kyrie and, you know, the James Harden saga and getting Ben Simmons and, you know, basically from the start of the season has been a whirlwind. Um, where does this season compare to other years of covering teams throughout the league? Uh, man, this has probably been the strangest season. I'll put it <laughs> like that. Um, I don't feel like I've had a normal week of doing this. Um, you know, the, the COVID-19 saga was one thing. James Harden forcing out was another Katie's injury just added on top of everything. So I, uh, I, I don't, I can't say I've had a season like this before and I, I can't imagine I'll have it again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Well, the success part and, and the anticipation of the success, uh, hopefully for them, but yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I want to um, kind of get your honest opinion when it comes to Ben Simmons and, you know, obviously he teased the world on Instagram, posting from the practice floor and the rumors that now I believe he might come back anywhere from game four to game six. For me, that is very hard to believe. Uh, for you, how do you get a gauge on that? And do you believe that if he does come back, that that's the best decision for the Nets and Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think there's some risk. Like I, it's been, I've seen a lot. Like little games have been thrown around. Game three, I've seen game five or game six. I actually think there's a lot of risk bringing him back for game five and game six. I know that might sound a little ridiculous given how talented he is, um, but you know, just the idea of bringing a guy back after not playing for a year in one of these like potentially do or die games. I don't know. It's a big risk. You know, you don't really know. You know, you you really haven't seen him with the group, so I, I think there's a risk in that. I'm also looking at. When does that epidural wear off? We've seen stuff like this happen before. Uh, you know, Kyrie got a cortisol shot in his shoulder. What was that? Two seasons ago? I don't know. All the seasons at this point blend together with how many we've had. Exactly. In the span of two <laughs> years. Um, but whatever that was, when Kyrie had the same, a similar procedure in his shoulder, uh, you know, that eventually wore off, and and you know, that ended up being a shoulder surgery. So 
Um, we'll see what happens, but I think for now, like, yeah, I could see it working really well if they bring him back in game five or game six, but it's not without risk. No, 100%. It's kind of, uh, you know, even if you kind of view it, and I think a lot of people are, of Ben Simmons, you know, basically being that defensive stopper, it's kind of a lot after months after not playing just to assume, like, yeah, he can guard Jason Tatum, a top 20 player in this league, no problem, for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and, and we went straight into this interview, and I think I mentioned here at the start. So I'm, I'm a Cavs fan, and unfortunately, our season did not go as we thought, even though it was a surprise season. So I've been watching you guys and scoreboard watching to see what seed we could get. And, you know, watching some of these games here at the end of the season, whether it was versus Indiana in that last game of the season or even versus Cleveland where it seemed like it was just basically Darius Garland and Evan Mobley who showed up. I guess Karis LeVert showed up for six minutes in the fourth quarter. And in these games, you know, these teams stuck around where, you know, Indiana towards the end, they could have made a run to try make it closer. Even Cleveland had a couple possessions where it could have been a one possession game versus these teams. Uh, how, I guess, how concerned are you that they haven't been able to close the door against these teams? Well, concerned. I mean, it's, you know, it's the regular season and these games have their ebbs and flows. Um, but I do think it's something I'm monitoring. Uh, just the, the the defensive intensity, I think, wanes in a way. And I also think part of it kind of stems from who is at the top in a way. You know, you look at Kyrie, KD, and and uh, and Nash, really, and those are like three more laid-back guys. Like in losing Harden, not only do you lose your guy that's your, you know, your facilitator, your guy that's setting up the entire offense, you're also losing your vocal leader. And un another underrated one is they also lost Jeff Green. That's another guy that was very vocal mm -hmm. to them last year. So... Those are small little micro elements that I don't know if it's going to matter that much. Ultimately, this really might just be a talent play. But I, I do keep an eye on that because I think, you know, in some way that stuff is correlated. Just, you know, the taking the foot off the gas. Uh, I just have to wonder if it's like a chill, laid-back personality thing. And, and now that we talk, and I didn't have this plan to ask you, and versus Cleveland, so it was like a nine, I believe it was nine players that were used in that rotation. Uh, is that going to tighten up or is that basically – those are the nine that Steve Nash is going to use. It's like, is KD going to have to play 46 minutes again like he did versus Milwaukee? <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. depends. I mean, Jeez. it kind of depends on what happens with Simmons, right? Like, if, if you're able to get him back and acclimate him um, and, and you're able to get him into the regular rotation, that's going to help out Kyrie and KD a lot. Uh, the swing guy is probably going to be Kessler Edwards, their rookie. You know, that's the guy that – came into that Cleveland play-in game, I think he was 0 for 4 and just looked a little out of his element. They had some really nice moments from him at the end of the year. Uh, I think he shot around 36, 37% from three, uh, one of the highest shooting, uh, three-point shooting rookies of this class this year. But that's the guy I'm kind of watching being like, yeah, not sure how much you're going to be able to survive with him. Drogic is another guy that I think as you go later and later in rounds, they're going to need his ball handling, but we'll just see if he has the juice. To, to really contribute, um, you know, depending on even if the Nets get through this round. I mean, that might be another guy that's maybe not so much an integral part of the rotation if this series against the Celtics extends to game six, game seven. Uh, one question I did want to ask you in terms of Brooklyn and their defense. Uh, is KD, Bruce Brown, that combination of them being on the court, is that the best defensive lineup that they're going to have to go up against these teams? Yeah, I think you can throw in Nick Claxton as well, uh, their, their backup center, who has been just outrageous. The second year in a row, when they have him on the floor, they rank as, you know, I think it's a top, I think number one last year, they would rank as a number one defense in the league when he was on the floor. This year, 
I uh, saw it today. I think he's uh, somewhere in the top, could be top three if, if, you know, held over the full course of the season when he's on the floor. So he's a big difference maker for them as well. Awesome. And when it comes to Boston, obviously they've been one of the better defensive teams here in the league, especially since the second half. Uh, and Robert Williams is out, and I think he can come back if the series goes the distance. Um, but for you and the Celtics, they do a lot of switching defensively. Uh, how do you think Katie and Kyrie are going to fare against them uh, and all the switching that uh, the Celtics will do? Yeah, I think that's the exploit. Um, take advantage of that switching scheme. There are two ways I would look at it. Uh, on a lesser note, if you're able to, you know, let's say you run pick and roll and you have one of Andre Drummond or Nick Claxton set a screen and it's what probably Daniel Tice or Al Horford defending, mm-hmm. that means there isn't anybody rebounding. So if you're Andre Drummond, go crash the, uh, crash the offensive glass. If you're Nick Claxton, go crash the offensive glass, see if you can create something from there. Um, and then on top of that, not only you have you know the glass open, but you also are going to have Kyrie or KD going one-on-one with you know somebody like Al Horford or Daniel Tice. That's a huge, huge advantage for the Nets. If they can play one of those guys off the court, I'm probably looking at Daniel Tice there, uh, although Horford hasn't fared great in those switches either this year. I think that's a big, big exploit. Make the Celtics have to conform to you. I usually think that's where playoff matchups are won in general. If you can force the other team's hand, you're probably going to win the series. Nice. And getting kind of into the nitty-gritty of the series, you know, for me, uh, one of the X factors is, and you just brought him up, is going to be Andre Drummond. I mean, Bruce Brown kind of let everybody know and said the obvious thing out loud, much to the dismay of KD. Um, But to you, uh, how do you think Andre Drummond is going to fare um, and also, one thing I wanted to ask you, too, because obviously I know Seth Curry is battling injury, right? And for me versus Cleveland, I was really surprised that, you know, basically throughout the game, he was stationed at the corners. He didn't move. He didn't do the two-man game that he's so good at. Is that basically the best that we're going to get as he tries to get healthier? Uh, you know, I think I would assume they're going to probably start using him more. They, the, the strange thing about that Cleveland game was that they kind of changed how they ran their offense. They had Bruce Brown initiate a lot of what they were running, and they would just sort of use Kyrie and KD off ball and have them screen for each other. That's not normally how the Nets run their offense. A lot of it's, you know, KD running high pick and roll or Kyrie running high pick and roll. Um, So I would expect them to feature Seth quite a bit, Um, you know, attack off ball, make – and it really depends on who he's matched up with or I guess who's matched up on him. But I I wouldn't expect that to be a thing. And then on just – on Drummond – Big thing is going to be surviving defensively. The Nets have used him mostly in a drop coverage, which is basically where he's standing a couple of feet behind the screen, so he mm-hmm. can't get you know beat for lobs or anything like that. Um, the Celtics obviously have two guys that are pretty great at creating off the dribble in, in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So if you can survive and keep Andre Drummond on the floor defensively, there's just a ton of value in terms of what he's able to do on the offensive glass. So that'll be the key with, with Drummond is, can you make it so that he's not getting torched too much defensively um, and giving up these pull-up shots to the Celtics league creators? That's Matt Brooks here joining us. Uh, he covers the Nets here for Nets Daily and his, and his podcast, the Clear Out Podcast. Go check that out here on 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. And my final question, Matt, and once again, thank you for the time. Uh, it wouldn't be right to get you out of here without a prediction. So, Matt, who is winning and why? I have Nets in six. Um, I Well, for one, I think the Celtics are going to really, really miss Robert Williams in a way that I think people have obviously discussed, but just the idea of 
they're going to have to make a large change in their rotation. The weird thing, and I watched quite a bit of film before this series, um, they didn't really get a great test with Tice and Horford. Um, I think the the biggest game for them might have been against Miami, which they lost, I think, by eight points. And then the other one was against Chicago, who, you know, hasn't had, I guess, the best second half of the season. So we don't really have a huge sample of what that looks like either with those two bigs. I think that's going to be a pretty big exploit for the Nets. And then just in terms of, like, looking at it from a macro set, I, I truly believe they have two of the three best players in the series. And many times that's what matters. So I'm going Nets in six. There it is. Mad uh, going out on the limb. How far do you think this team can go? Like, obviously, it's championship expectations, right? Uh, for me, I kind of get worried as series get longer and more pressure gets put on Katie and Kyrie that the East is so difficult that it is going to be tough to go through the gauntlet that the Eastern Conference is going to be. But to you, what's the potential? Are you still on this championship uh, uh, just idea that they can win that? I think Milwaukee beats them. I, I just hate that matchup for them. I, I kind of have all year. There's just so many different ways that Milwaukee can take advantage, and it's all of the extra stuff, turnovers, rebounds. They can just play a really physical game in a way that no other team can really push. Them. And I just I worry about that a little bit. Um, and a lot of the times it just kind of feels like the Nets are in a shootout. I mean, they shot, what, like 48% from three the last time those two teams played, and, and the, the Bucks didn't look worried at all the entire game. So – that's, that's probably the matchup that I'm a little worried about, and I guess they'd see them in round two. So that's right now that's kind of where I have the net ceiling, just because of who they're going to play. Awesome. Well, there it is. Matt Brooks joins us here on the NBA Playoff Preview Show. Once again, follow him on Twitter, at MattBrooksNBA. And the show continues because coming up next from Sports Illustrated, one of the best in the game, Howard Beck joins us. It's 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. I told you, Vegas, that we had more guests, and thankfully for me and all of us, really, we've got one of the best who covers the NBA. He's a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, co-host of the Crossover Pod, and an analyst for SiriusXM's NBA Radio. Howard Beck joins us. Insider Calls powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Howard, first off, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to start off by asking you about the Clippers. Um, of course, they've gotten Paul George back. Uh, Norman Paul returned last night, scored 24 points. Um, but obviously, the hype surrounding them has increased with Kawhi, who's been seen in the facility getting in reps, telling reporters to put their phones away uh, while he tries to get back to full health. Um, but to me, if you're the Clippers, you know, they're in this situation where they could be the seventh seed or the eighth seed. Does ultimately the difference between having to play the Grizzlies or the Suns kind of change the perspective of should we bring Kawhi back to play in the first round if they get there? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think organizations in today's NBA are, and especially if you're an organization that has Kawhi Leonard, who we know is uh, very hyper-conscious about his health, his body, his rehab. This is why things went haywire with him in San Antonio because they were not on the same page. You have to be cognizant of the player's long-term health. And ACLs, while maybe not as catastrophic an injury as they once were, uh, thanks to sports science, that it's still a serious injury. And usually it takes you a full 12 months just to get back, and it can take 18 to 24 months before you are really yourself again. And Kawhi is one of those guys who doesn't like being on the court until he can be 
the, the, the full extent of Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. and, and be as impactful as he's used to being. So I don't think you can rush him back, and I don't think the Clippers, as careful as they've been, as smart as they've been, really, as an organization, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to, to try to rush him back just for the sake of you know, getting to the seventh seed in, instead of eighth. And this season, look, I mean, I, I know they won't look at it this way, but just what they've done is an achievement unto itself to have come this far and been this competitive and make the playoffs – um, I'll probably make the playoffs anyway, um, despite having no Kawhi for the whole season and no Paul George for, for most of it. Uh, it it's, it's incredible. And what you really want to worry about now is, you know, what do you look like next season and, and making sure that you've got both those guys at full capacity then. And Howard, I, I, t- I talked about the possibility of the Clippers playing Memphis. Uh, and with Memphis in particular, they're another team. This has been a breakout year for not only the team, uh, ja, obviously, and, and, you know, Ja hopefully will be back in time for the playoffs. But I have to ask you, you know, Memphis, they're a team that scores a lot on the fast break. Uh, they force a lot of turnovers. In terms of half court, they don't really shoot a good percentage from three. Uh, and with the playoffs, it lends itself to a slower pace. Uh, do you think Memphis can generate enough offense uh, to compete and make some noise in the playoffs? I had uh, Stan Van Gundy on the crossover podcast just a week ago, and we talked about this. And I thought Stan's analysis, uh, as you would expect from, from Stan, was, was spot on. I mean, yeah. He basically said, listen, this team doesn't have enough shooting, and they are going to struggle in the half court. They, take, you know, they get a lot of scoring out of transition, second chance points, um, and just, just also running teams out of the gym sometimes, right? They're young and they're athletic and, and they're long, and, and they can – uh, take advantage during a regular season, the course of a regular season, but it's different in a, uh, a playoff series where defenses are going to really scheme for you and lock in and, and take away your strength, and they're going to slow the game down and make it more of a half-court game. And as much as they're reliant on Ja, and Ja's not much of a shooter at this stage of his career, um, that can make it a lot tougher on them. That said, they are you know a fantastic defensive team. They play their butts off. And they're going to be in every game, and you know uh, they're they're a legit number two seed. I I would, you know, I don't think they're going to get knocked out in the first round or anything. But are they going to make the conference finals? Would they have a chance against the Suns? I, I think that's a little bit more of a stretch. And of course, they're young. And in general, in this league, not always, but in general, the young teams kind of have to take their lumps before they really can advance deep in the playoffs. And this Grizzlies team is is pretty new to this at this stage. Howard Beck joining us. So you can follow him on Twitter at Howard Beck. And here in Vegas, obviously, we don't have an NBA team, but generally it's a 50-50 split between the team with LeBron that unbelievably missed the playoffs that we're not going to talk about and the Warriors. (laughs) And as things stand, uh, if the Warriors stay in that third seed, um, it's going to lead them down a path where they'll play the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. And obviously Steph Steph Curry's returning um, how do you like their chances if they're able to reach uh, the Western Conference Finals and get Steph back and get Draymond and, you know, everyone acclimated and back into rhythm uh, with that matchup in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, it's, it's this is one of the most fascinating parts of this postseason is that, one, I don't think we have an overwhelming favorite, right? Like the Suns are the favorites based on their record and their, their really strong regular season, and they deserve that, and I'm not trying to diminish that at all. The Bucks are still a, a, a favorite of sorts in that they're the defending champs, and they've had a, a, a solid season, not a, not a dominant season, but a very good one, and they're, they're whole again now with uh, Brooke Lopez back in the fold and all that. 
Um, but the Warriors are sitting there looming as the only reigning dynasty, you know, the team that, you know, won a championship as recently as four years ago, was in the finals just three years ago, and it's a different version of them, and they're older, and they've got some health issues right now. Steph's not on the court, and Clay's still trying to, to rediscover himself after two years out. And it's been kind of an uneven season, but along the way they've developed Jordan Poole and Kuminga's had a strong season and, you know, Wiggins has become a really, uh, you know, important player for them and Gary Payton second. Like it's a, a deep, strong, talented team. And, and if the Warriors are whole and healthy when the playoffs arrive, like I, I feel like they could make a run. I feel like they could win the West. I feel like they could knock out the Suns. And, and contend for the championship again. I, I, I believe that. I know we haven't seen that version of them much, but they started the season really strong, and that was before Clay even got back. Um, I, I still believe in this Warriors core, and if they're whole, if they're healthy, they're going to be a force to contend with. But those are still some significant ifs. No, 100%, and, and thank you, because it's been, you know, everyone – well, not that everyone's been talking about the Suns, but, you know, everyone's given them their respect when they do get brought up in the conversation. And I, I'm just going to stay here in the Western Conference, Howard, because uh, a team that I haven't been following closely, but arguably they've been the best team, one of the best teams since the second half has started alongside Boston, is the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, they're led by Luka. Um, this team has great defense. Right now, they're holding the fourth seed. That's probably going to come down to the final game of the season because Utah has an easy schedule as well, and so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but with the pieces that have stepped up, and obviously they made some trades uh, at the trade deadline, do you see that defense uh, and, and some of the, you know, Spencer Dimwitty and some of the uh, players that they picked up holding up and letting them make a run here in the playoffs? You know, the, the Mavericks are a difficult team to assess. Um, you know, they, they, they obviously gave up on the Porzingis the you know, Luca experiment or, or that, that partnership that they're hoped for one, two punch. We know in this league in general, not always. And, and, you know, we've seen some different versions of, of champions in this, this league in the last few years, but you know, usually you have a superstar of, of Lucas caliber, you get him a co-star. And once you get a second one, maybe you try to get a third if you can. Uh, although super teams have not worked out so well this season, the Mavs don't have that right now. And Spencer Dinwiddie's been great for them. Uh, he looks a lot more like the player that I saw playing here in Brooklyn when he first kind of uh, broke out over the last few years. Um, but I don't see they have that one-two punch. Their defense at its best is really good. Luka can win a game single-handedly at times. They're a really strong team. I don't know that the Mavericks have enough to knock out, say, the, the, the Warriors or Suns. I, I feel like they're still a piece away or you know, maybe maybe a couple of – of, of just high level pieces or one star away from truly being a contender. All right, Howard. And, and I think, thank you for your insight here on this NBA playoff preview here on 1140, the bet before we get you out of here, of course, uh, join, uh, check out Howard Beck on sports illustrated, check out this podcast, the crossover pod. I'm going to two more questions. I'm going to hit you back to back. Um, Cause I feel obligated with the MVP race. Uh, who do you have? And then, whether it's the Western Conference, which we focused on um, for the majority of this interview, or the Eastern Conference, uh, what is a sleeper team uh, that you think is most likely to make a run deep into the playoffs? I mean, I guess deep. We'll, we'll say that a deep playoff run as a sleeper team is probably not the finals. Right? I'm, I'm like, no, we don't get dark horses actually making it to the finals very often in the NBA. Yeah, it's like the so, Hawks last um, year, right, with the Eastern Conference Finals. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, like the, the East is hard to, to figure any. I mean, that the whole postseason is hard to figure right now. But, like, you know, the Heat have the best record in the East, but the Bucks are the defending champs. But the Celtics were the best team the last couple of months. The Celtics <laughs> are missing Robert Williams. The Sixers have, have been beaten Harden, who at their best are, are amazing and uh, other times are not. So it's like it does, it's a difficult race to handicap. And then if I'm going to, like, label a dark horse who I think could make some noise if not necessarily go to the finals, I would say the Toronto Raptors who have been f- fantastic the last few months and, and have a possible rookie of the year in, in Scotty Barnes and a, a really strong cast. Do so, you think Van um, Fleet is going to be healthy enough? Cause it's been a well, little shaky with yeah. him. That's, that's a fair question. I don't, you know, we don't know about his knee and, and how he'll be in the playoffs, but, uh, but that is a team that at full strength, uh, I think, you know, that's one of those teams that nobody wants to face, right? Like they're, they're, they're really tough. Um, in terms of my MVP vote, I, I have a ballot. I will not send it in, as is usually my habit. I will not send it in until I absolutely have to, which is uh, 11.59 p.m. the day after the season ends. So that's Monday. <laughs> um, I, will, I will wait until nearly the last minute because, uh, because I can. But also, like, this is a really particularly tough year. Like, no, it's, it's a like, uniquely difficult year. No, the, this year is you have to because every two days this flips where Giannis last week – and then Luka comes out of nowhere. Some people are saying Devin Booker. Obviously, Jokic has been the, the, the main guy that everyone's talked about. You can't forget about Joel. Um, so fair enough. We'll, 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 we'll wait to see um, who comes out and wins that MVP and this entire playoffs madness. Listen, Howard, thank you. Uh, this has been a dream of mine. I've listened to your podcast and your appearances on Zach Lowe uh, and things like that. So we greatly appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us some insight and getting us ready for the playoffs, Howard. No, I really appreciate that. appreciate all the kind words as well. And uh, thanks. Yeah, it should be an exciting postseason. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll have you on here later um, as we get into the playoffs. But, Howard, thank you so much. Coming up, we're closing out the 2022 NBA playoff preview. Will we have more special guests? I guess you're going to have to find out, but first got to pay some bills around here. It's 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back, man. It is your NBA playoff preview because finally, that first round of the playoffs is upon us. Adrian Hernandez here. Of course, you can hear me on the Playmakers weekdays here on 1140 The Bet. Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. alongside Lindsey Brown. Uh, keep in touch with us, too, man, on Twitter. Hit me up at AdrianRadio93. But I'm heartbroken because we're recording this preview on Friday night, which means the Cleveland Cavaliers just lost to the Atlanta Hawks. And I know the future's bright for Cleveland. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. But I'm heartbroken. I wanted that experience, but unfortunately, that experience to face the number one seed Miami Heat is going to go to the Atlanta Hawks. And since we started the show with our Western Conference preview and predictions, we, before we get out of here, have to do the Eastern Conference. So let's do it. Miami versus Atlanta. A lot of uh, drama with Miami to end the season. And a lot of questions on Who's going to fit in Eric Spolster's playoff rotation with this team and so many pieces coming together to help? I still have Miami in four. That defense is going to lock down Atlanta, and Trey Young is going to have to go superhuman throughout the series to make any noise. Miami in four, that'll be a sweep. On the other side of the bracket, that is going to have another sweep as well in the Eastern Conference because I'm talking about Milwaukee taking on Chicago. This is Chicago's first time in the playoffs in five years. Yeah, the last time they made the playoffs was 2017. And obviously they've had some injuries with Lonzo Ball being out for the rest of the year. Alex Caruso coming back into the rotation and getting acclimated. But come on, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez is back. They're on a mission to repeat. They've been balling and they've been getting themselves ready for the playoffs. I got Milwaukee sweeping Chicago. Hopefully it's a gentleman sweep for Chicago. Nice moment to win one playoff game. And I said it last week on the show, and I haven't changed my mind. In fact, I've just gained more confidence because now everybody's saying it. But I told you there was going to be an upset in the Eastern Conference, and here it is. Toronto is going to beat Philadelphia. And to be accurate, in terms of how long this series is going to go, I'll tell it to you right now. Toronto is going to beat Philadelphia in five games. Toronto is going to put on a masterclass performance. Nick Nurse is going to do his thing because he is a better coach than Doc Rivers, who, by the way, somehow got voted into the top 15 coaches in NBA history, despite the fact that he's only won one championship, and that was in 2010. And since 2010, none of his teams that he has coached has made it past the second round in the playoffs. This is a terrible matchup for the Sixers. Uh, uh, Toronto and Philadelphia played uh, last week of the season, I believe, one of the final games for both teams. Toronto won 119-114. They didn't even have Fred Van Fleet. They didn't have OG Ananobi. It is going to be awkward on who's going to guard Pascal Siakam. If it has to be Joel like it was in that game, that is going to cause so many problems because now your best defensive player and your best player overall, obviously, in Joel is having to sacrifice his strong suit, which is making sure inside the paint he's got that locked down. He's going to have to be stretched out to the perimeter and Toronto has length, Toronto has experience, Toronto has shooters, and Toronto doesn't have this dude called James Harden on their team. So 
Toronto in five. And then the series that will get the most attention in the first round, and rightfully so, it is why Matt Brooks was on our program. The Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. Celtics are going to be without Robert Williams. The Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. To me, the Nets can beat any team at any given day. And they can win a series against any team. But right now they're in the situation where they're going into a gauntlet. And I'm just going to say the longer series go with Brooklyn in them, the less likely they are to win because of the the workload, basically, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are going to have. So I am taking the Celtics. I cannot believe I am picking a Boston team. I got the Celtics in six. I got Brooklyn losing. I got Milwaukee sweeping the Bulls. Toronto, five games Quick work of the Sixers, and I got Miami sweeping Atlanta. We got to get out of here. Thank you guys so much again for listening to your 2022 NBA playoff preview. The first round kicks off in a matter of hours, and if you're listening uh, via podcast, the games are already going on. Be sure to keep in touch on Twitter at AdrianRadio93. Enjoy the playoffs. Spend some time with your family, but watch all the basketball. You feel me? We'll be back next weekend. As a matter of fact, I'll be back on Monday. Playmakers, 3 to 5 p.m. with Lindsey Brown. Enjoy all the games. Adrian Hernandez signing out. Have a wonderful weekend. Those playoffs are finally here. Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.